All right, guys, welcome back. Dogbone podcast number 60. Um, we're going to, I'm going to, this isn't coming off of a fresh email that I, we're going to jump right into it here. It's a question that for whatever reason, um, I've seen a huge spike in people with questions regarding it. Um, we have a video out there on YouTube. It is, and it's not on YouTube, the whole conditioning video. Is that on uh, YouTube? Yeah. Okay. So our, we have a hold conditioning video out there on YouTube. It's an hour long. It used to be we filmed it when we filmed our shed training DVD. And the reason we did it was because I do believe hold conditioning is just a really important process that most people, um, a lot of issues that come up with retrievers are, are connected to and stem from um, the idea of a poor delivery. Dogs, and, and, and that can be, there's lots of symptoms that come with it. It can be running off with a dummy in its mouth. It can be dropping short. It can be blinking. It can be making big victory laps, the big circle when it comes running, running back to you. Keep away. A lot of these issues are symptoms of what I consider to be a poor delivery. And so a, poor del a good delivery would be the idea of a retriever is go get something and bring it back to us. And so the the retrieving part, the idea of chasing something down or running out to something and picking it up and bringing it back is very, very instinctive in most retrievers. It's, it's their last name. That's why we call them retrievers. But most dogs can do it. Uh, you, can, you can teach dogs the idea of the game of run out, bring it back, I'll throw it again. You run out, you bring it back, and it turn, and dogs enjoy it. It taps into predator prey, um, which is very natural for them. But again, most retrievers, that's just that's what they've been bred for. It's the it's the origin of the breed and the breeds in general within that category. So, but if you don't mold and shape that delivery, it becomes a nightmare really quickly. And I think that's where I I do see just tons and tons of people having problems. And so. I always tell people, you know, the key to a, any retriever and any dog in the field is its foundation first. Um, I, I'm not changing that. That has got to be there because in order to do drills that you want to do for formal training, you have to have very basic foundational skills. Heel, sit, stay, come when I call you. And those are things that are used in the field. They're also things that are used out of the field. Um, so it's a year-round need um, in every situation that we're in with our dogs socially, publicly, or in the house by yourself, um, it's a necessity to have that foundation. But when you start talking about the, the, hold con the, the delivery part of it, we use a process that's called hold conditioning. Um, we don't force fetch. Force fetch is a, a very common way of re in the retriever world of, of creating a good delivery. And and I think it's completely unnecessary. And I'm not going to get into force fetch because um, I don't do it. And I don't think you need to do it. And I think it's really uncomfortable. And that's the reason I don't do it is because I think it creates uh, a lot of issues with trust. I think I personally am not comfortable hurting the dog. I'm not comfortable pinching the dog's ears, their toes. I'm just not comfortable doing it. I don't care if you decide you want to do it, but I can't help you with it because I don't do it. Um, but what I do is instead we encourage, um, and this is where, where we're going to start talking about this because I've gotten a ton of emails and we've done some hold conditioning podcasts and we've done some, 
we've done quite a few of them now. And the more we're doing on it, I think it's great because it's creating interest. I've gotten a lot of people that have sent me messages of, this is exactly what I needed. I want to do it this way instead of the old force fetch way. And that's great. But you people are having some struggles with it. And so we're going to talk more in depth on it. And the reason for it is specifically, I got this one message recently, but it's also piggybacked off of lots of messages in the last few weeks and lots of comments and lots of interactions that have been spurred or sparked from the YouTube video that I started out talking about in this podcast. So on YouTube, we also have it available on our website. You can go to our website. It's free. You can click on it. It gives you a link to it. Um, it's an hour long. We originally produced it with our shed DVD because I, I believe that's such a crucial part of the retriever, developing the retriever. But then what happened was is it turned into an hour by itself. So it was an hour long chapter. The DVD for shed training is already three and a half hours. So if we added this, we got, we're talking four and a half hours of information. So we decided that that one hour of hold conditioning took away from the focus of the shed training DVD. And instead, what we decided to do was let's offer the hold conditioning separate. Okay, so we pulled it out. We at, created its own video, basically. And what we did was we included it for free if you bought the Shed DVD. Uh-oh, we got a baby napping, and now I woke her up. Um, we'll see if she settles in. Otherwise, we might have to go grab her. Again, we're on daddy daycare action here. We're trying to squeeze a podcast in while the baby was laying down. Um, Anyway, so the DVD, Shed DVD, we included to start out with a, a opportunity for you to get the hold conditioning video for free. You buy the Shed DVD, you get the hold conditioning for free. Well, eventually we decided, you know what? Let's give the hold conditioning video away for free to everybody and anyone because the idea is behind it was it is so important it is so necessary. Um, we're just going to offer that. So what, that's what we did. So now you can go to our website. You can click on it. You can get it for free. Um, you can go to YouTube. You can go to our Dogbone Hunter YouTube channel. You can just search hold conditioning. Um, and you can watch it there if you want. But anyway, this this has brought on a lot of questions and a lot of a lot of feedback um 99 of it has been positive to the idea of man this is exactly what i wanted what a game changer it worked blah blah blah, blah. so that's great but i am getting a because more and more people are watching that video and doing this process we're getting more and more questions i'm going to read you this one that came in um, and we're going to go through it and talk specifically to this guy's situation. Um, and then I'm going to explain why, because it's becoming a real common theme and I'm going to be able to, I think I, I probably missed or didn't emphasize certain parts that should have been emphasized prior to, uh, or earlier in the process here and even in the video itself. So we're going to get to that, but I'm going to explain to you, or I'm going to read you this. So this was a message that came through our Facebook, or didn't come through Facebook, came through our website, actually. It says, I have a five-month-old lab that I followed your hold conditioning technique with. He picked it up in three weeks, and we moved from a small metal rod all the way up to a two-inch bumper, and he will hold it until I tell him to drop. I moved him from an elevated surface to the ground. I'm now trying to work on moving hold. When he says moving hold, I think he means moving the dog and holding. 
He won't drop it until I tell him to, but he won't move when he's holding it unless he's on lead and I pull him to me. He will. He still won't drop it until I tell him, but I'm just wondering the best approach to this issue. So I responded back to him, and, and big things jumped out at me very quickly. Um, the dog is five months old. I absolutely, if I didn't say it in the video, which I think I did, but if I didn't say it in the video, I need to say it anywhere and everywhere I have an opportunity for you guys to listen to this. You can't do this with little puppies. It's not going to work. It's going to be counterproductive. It's going to be very, uh, it's going to make your life a whole lot harder. There is absolutely no reason you should be hold conditioning a five-month-old dog. No reason. Four to six months is typically when they teethe. You can't do it. You will, You cannot do this until they're done teething. So five months old, maybe he says, you know what, my dog teethed at four months. Five months is too early, okay? They are still such little, little puppies at that point. So young, so form formable, and we're forming, trying to form good things into these dogs. I'm spending the majority of my time on foundational stuff. Very minimal retrieving. I think people get so excited about retrieving, we want to retrieve, 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 and we create major, major issues by over-retrieving and retrieving that forms bad habits. So it, he, he said here, so, so I responded back and I said, a few things are sticking out to me. First is that this puppy is so young. I don't recommend condition, hold conditioning that puppy at five months old. It's just too intensive a process. There's way too much that goes into it. And if you've watched our video, you'll see it's pretty formal. It's very formal. And it requires a dog's ability to make it through that process okay mentally. That's the only way they're going to be able to learn and understand it. And they can't do it. It's too young. So... I said, it's just way too intensive a process and it's too much for a puppy that young. I think the pup, I said, I think uh, the retrieve itself needs to be handled and built into a young dog in a very light manner, positive way. It goes back to the idea of when we get in the hallway and we just have little fun retrieves. We're not asking them to be steady. We're not asking them to be uh, polished. We're not, at, we're turning this into a fun little game of chase something down the hallway, pick it up and bring it back and just get it to us. Now, Force, force fetching and hold conditioning are dramatically different when it comes to the amount of force that's used. You don't use much force in hold conditioning, very, very, very little. Um, but it's formal, and we just cannot have that negative impact on a young pup this way. It's going to create huge issues down the road uh, when it's introduced at too young of an age. So I got the baby waking up again. Hold on one second. We'll see if she settles in interruption a little bit of an interruption there we've got Lillian on my lap now uh, we're gonna see how long this will last but so I appreciate your patience again guys this is one of those things where this is a very real life thing that comes up especially this time uh, in society we're all dealing with some strange things right now and adjusting schedules and so we've got Lillian who is you know she's gonna be 14 months here in a couple about a week and so we're just adjusting. Uh, ben said something to me earlier. I don't want to get off track too far of where we were talking um, as far as our, our hold conditioning conversation here, but because we are getting off subject a little bit, I do think it's important to touch too on the idea of, you know, Ben sent me a message today because he was working down in the shop and I'm working up here at the house. We're social distancing. 
And I said, he said, do you want to film today with Bella? And I just can't today because I got the baby. And so we're not going to be able to go outside and film a Bella session. And Bella's going to spend a lot of time um, on place and in her kennel. And we'll take her out and she'll go to the bathroom and we'll take a little walk probably this afternoon. But that's going to be the extent of the, of the work that we do with her because it's just, that's the spot we're in right now. I just don't have the ability to be able to go out and work the dogs the way I'd prefer to, but that's okay. We're not going to give up anything. We're not going to take steps backwards in training. We're not going to allow them to get wild and, and, and regress, but we're just not going to put a lot of um, emphasis on moving along real far, real far with her training. That's okay. We'll get there in the end. Um, but getting back to the, the, the question on the hold conditioning, um, I... I talked with this guy or I messaged back to this guy and I said, I'm just afraid you're going to create bigger issues down the road in trying to introduce something at this age, five months old. And so I, I said to him, um, you know, you, I said, you're experience, you were experiencing issues with the pups retrieves that prompted you to, I said, what were you doing that prompted you to start hold conditioning? Because at five months, I would, my question would be, what's happening that you need to hold condition? to go through the pro the formal process. Because my thought is, and this is what I need to communicate better is, hold conditioning starts from day one. It doesn't start when you start hold conditioning at seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 months. I think I gotta make a point. Bella is 11 months old and she has not been hold conditioned. And I have no reason to do it yet. She hasn't, she doesn't need it. Um, the reason, why does she not need it? It's two reasons. A, she's been bred very well. She has very natural retrieve. She has very natural delivery. I've known that from day one. If you watch back on Bella Be Good, the very, some of the very first episodes I talk about how natural of a retriever she is. I'm writing an article right now for Gundog that's gonna be specifically talking about that, her natural tendency to pick stuff up, carry it, and, and be a natural retriever. But it also falls on me as the trainer to start forming that delivery from day one, meaning don't play tug of war, don't pull it out of their mouth, don't get them to start thinking there's any reason not to come back to you with something in their mouth. This is not a game of keep away. It's not fun to get, ch we're not gonna chase them with something in their mouth. It, so if we do a good job early on, they, are starting to, to understand the process and the concept of hold it in my mouth the right way from the beginning. And they are completely sponge-like when they're little. And that is a habit that will form if you're consistent. So at five months old, I do think you should be well on your way because for you've had the dog for three months of training now. And so you get the dog about seven or eight months, seven or eight weeks, two months old. So you've got it for three months of training. You should have three months of forming good habits right now with every little opportunity to retrieve that you've had. And that should be about maybe four or five times a week. And I don't mean four or five sessions a week. I mean four or five retrieves a week. That's typically all I do with these young dogs. I don't over-retrieve them. There's just absolutely no reason to. There's no benefit. There is lots of risk to create issues that you're going to have to fix. Now, so my question to him was, what did you see that you decided you needed to start hold conditioning at five months? And I said, if there was things, what were they? I, I see symptoms that he's describing occasionally with older dogs. Typically the fix is to lighten up 
Um, from a formal standpoint, I, I bring the fun back into the retrieving. Because you remember, he's talking here at, in, where his puppy um, has just decided not to retrieve that. It doesn't want to retrieve. doesn't want to move. It's locking up. It's freezing. And so I think the dog is not confident. And that's what's causing that dog to just shut down and put the brakes on and turn into a statue. So I always tell people, you know, if that happens, loosen up. Uh, take steps backwards of being formal and being um, firm and polished and just loosen up and have fun. Let the dog just lo loosen up a little bit. Don't create bad habits, but don't put so much pressure on. It's a fine line and you got to get in the middle of getting the dog to be able to move again, free them up. I said, and then I said to him that the good news is, is that um, it sounds like he's got a good grasp of the idea of hold because he never br once brought up an issue with the idea of hold. Never once did he bring up, and he said the dog's holding good. So that's great, which is all the more reason to tell me, just go back to some fun retrieves a couple times a week and encourage the hold at the end. And then do that for a few months. And then you're going to be in position to start thinking about hold conditioning if you need to. If you do a good job, you might not need to. You might be like me and Bella where we're at 11 months and I have no reason to hold conditioner right now. The I, I'm doing, I just don't have a reason to. She's not making any mistakes. She's delivering it beautifully. Now, will it happen eventually? Yes, it's going to. Um, but I'm just not in a rush with it right now. So the... So he responded back to me, and I think this is the part that I think really gets good um, as far as information. So um, here's here's what we need. Here's here's his response back. Thanks for getting back to me. I understand that he's young for hold conditioning, and it could turn him off of retrieving and such. The reason I decided to start hold conditioning is one that he would go out to retrieve whatever I threw on a great line and come back. We began fetching when he was seven weeks old, but he would drop the bumper or dummy and come back to me. I never rewarded this behavior, but only praised him when he brought it back. He's also a very notorious feather plucker, and I read hold conditioning and force fetch would help fix that. And I also want him to be ready to hunt this coming fall. I felt like he was ready because he picked up on heel and place so quickly and it's very, and he's a very smart dog. I was just wanting to clean it up things and give him something new. Any feedback would be appreciated. So I thought, I think that opened up a whole nother can of worms. And so after hearing the reason why he's getting into hold conditioning is, because that was what I asked him. I said, is there a problem that you started hold conditioning? Well, he's got a problem with, he wants to go with longer he, he wants to get some longer retrieves in he's been retrieving with him since he was seven weeks old he wanted to he's running a great line and would come back but he drops the bumper or dummy when he's coming back to him so he, he is showing a little bit of a symptom there he's dropping the bumper short i never rewarded this behavior but i only praised him when he brought it back okay so that's the first thing he's dropping short as you want to get long so my answer to that is don't fix a problem pre with premature hold because it's not a hold problem. You got a five month old puppy that's dropping short and the reason he's dropping short is probably connected to the idea that you wanna go real long with it. 
You're starting to, you're trying to stretch out a five-month-old puppy. I don't know why. No reason to. You don't need length in a five-week five-month-old puppy. You need retrieve and deliver. And the majority of your work is on other things. You said in your message here that he picks up on heel really well, place really well. He's a really smart dog. No dog is smart enough to have it down at five months. Guaranteed. Sounds like you got a really good start. But then you decided he's good at this, so let's just do other stuff. Let's just add more stuff to his plate. He can't take all that stuff. He's five months old. You're getting, you, you're building off the momentum of good heel work. I guarantee you he's not done with heel work at five months old. It's impossible. Watch Bella be good. Bella be good is, Bella is one of the sharpest dogs I've ever trained. Watch her progress. If you are done at five months old, I'm going to hire you to train dogs for me. Cause, but it's just not possible. And so, but I also think you've, you're finding success. You're doing something right, which is great. And that's creating your problem. You're creating a problem because you're finding success with simple stuff and you're deciding it's done and we're going to just start adding more and more and more and you're going to break your dog's back because they can't support that kind of pressure. So that, that was your first thing. The problem is, is he's dropping short and you're extending them out long. So I say, hey, fix that. Shorten your retrieves up. Shorten your retrieves up and ensure that everyone gets delivered well. That's all you should be doing at this point. Now, the next thing is, he also is a very notorious feather plucker. And I read Hole Condition and Force Fetch would fix that. And I also want him to hunt this coming fall. There's the big issue. There's another big issue. So let's talk. Let's handle one at a time. The feather plucking. How do you know he's a notorious feather plucker at five months old? At five months old, my dogs don't, aren't picking up birds yet. What's the, what, what is the reason to have a five-month-old puppy picking up birds in January, February, or March? You're nowhere near hunting season. There's no reason to have... And, and so what's happening is, is he's not mature enough to be picking that stuff up. And what he's doing is you're creating a feather plucker because you decided you needed a dog to pick up birds at five months old in March. And now he's plucking feathers because you've created a problem. It's not the dog's fault for you asking him to do stuff that he shouldn't be doing. And then he fails at it. And now we decide we're going to try to fix it with hold conditioning months before he's able to do hold conditioning. So it's the ambition. You've got ambition, lots of it, too much of it. Some people, the problem is, is they don't have much ambition and they don't want to do anything. And they hope that the dog can watch the video and learn it. That's not your case. You're putting way too much, way more into this little puppy at a really young age than you should be and expecting it to succeed. So let's back up to the feathers. Let's talk about the feathers. First off, we're not introducing five-month-old puppies to warm game. There's just no reason to. You're going to create a plucker. You already did. So what are we going to do? When the time is right, there's no reason. You have nothing to gain from it right now, except the idea of if you were doing a little bit of scent work, which at five months old, I wouldn't mind doing a little bit of scent work. So I'd like feathered dummies. I like feathered, you know, feather lace dummies. And a feather lace dummy is a wing electrical taped to a dummy. And so it creates natural scent. It creates natural feel. You can control how much feather the dog gets. Your, my dogs can't pluck their feather their, their feather dummies because they're wrapped with electrical tape. They'd have to really work to pluck them. And so 
that wing and I can control how much tape and how much feather is actually exposed. So you can put a lot of tape on it and have just a little bit of feathers exposed to the point where the dog goes out, smells it, picks it up, feels it in his mouth, brings it back to you. As long as you are forming the right delivery habits. That goes back to shorten up your retrieves, simplify this, get three or four nice retrieves out of a session and then be done and do that two times a week or maybe three times a week. That's it. And then you can slowly expose more feather until the habit is formed that the dog runs out and picks it up regardless of feathers, doesn't stop and pluck if it's feathers. It just, it's got this ingrained in it where it runs out, it picks stuff up, it brings it back. You praise him. And he's got to hold it in a certain position. That's the start of hold conditioning without ever starting hold conditioning formally. And that's when, that's what will make hold conditioning a breeze when it comes. That's what'll help you avoid dogs locking up because they're uncomfortable. So that's, so the feather part, so we're gonna start out with feather dummies, and then I might go to frozen game, frozen pigeon, and then I might go to thawed out birds, and then I might go to a, fr a warm, fresh killed bird, and then I might shoot a flyer over the dog. But I'm gonna spread that out over months, if that's what it takes. And I'm gonna make sure that each step is very practical from a timing standpoint. Confidence is there. Age is there. Maturity is there. The ability to process it and find success is there. Not at five months old. Just can't do it. Now, the last thing here is really telling. It says, also, I want to be ready to hunt this fall. The last thing in your mind right now should be, if you're building all, that's the exact reason you're in the, pro, in the spot that you're in. It's the biggest thing. It's because you want to hunt him this fall. What if he's not ready? I mean, it's realistic to think that at 10 months old, my, I wouldn't hunt a dog at 10 months old. You're going to be talk, you're talking five or six months from now is going to be 10 and 11 month old dog. I wouldn't hunt them. My dogs won't be ready. Okay. Now you go ahead and do it. Any of you guys, there's a lot of people that are listening to this right now. Go, no way. I'm not giving up that season. Fine. Don't. But then you're the ones who will email me. Because your dog's got holes in his training and you tried to push him through it. You tried to speed the process up because hunting season was coming and you had to get this done. So you put so much pressure on him. And I'm not saying pressure like physically, but like pressure on the idea of the pace. You're, you, put, you speed and accelerate your training to a degree where you're running into problems. It's exactly what happened here. It's exactly what happened in this case. It's the exact reason why the dog is locking up, I think. Now, slow down, okay? Slow down. That's the answer. Slow down. Stop letting the hunting season dictate your pace. Stop letting the idea of he was good at heel work for a few months, and so we're going to do everything accelerated. Don't allow... you. It needs to have... The, the word patience... It can't be used enough in retriever training. Even when things are going great. I, things are going great with Bella. Things are going fantastic. She's fantastic at 11 months old. And I am not doing anything with her right now because of other reasons. It's not because I don't want to. It's because I got other stuff going. And, you, and I'm telling you right now, if you sense any panic in my voice, you need to reassess your ability to evaluate situations because I have zero panic with Bella. She's going to hunt this fall. I'll introduce her. She's going to transition to the hunt. 
it's going to be training. And so I don't expect her to be a finished dog. She's going to be 17 months. I expect her to transition into the field for her first season. And she'll probably get some really nice stuff, but she'll also make some mistakes and I'll have to ease her through it. Now next year at 27 months, I think she's gonna be a pretty nice gun dog. I think she's gonna be doing a really nice job uh, in, the, in, a, in a duck blind or in a goose field. But that's, that's my schedule with her. So, and, and I'm supposed to be a professional. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're training your own dog, I'm assuming. You don't have the pressure to say, I have to get this done by 10 months. I have to get this done by six months. I have to get this done by one year. I have to get this done by the first hunting season. You have no pressure whatsoever. You, the only thing you need to get done is you need to get to the finish line eventually. But you're not, it's not driven or dictated at all by, by a clock or a calendar. I think the problem is, is if we continue to move down these paths of accelerated training, we want to speed up. We need to get them through this. We need to get this done. We need to get this done. Hell, my dog didn't get introduced to gunfire. When did we do Bella? A month ago? Not even. Not even a month ago. She was over 10 months old before I introduced her to a gun, to gunfire. And I don't know that I would say she's through it. I mean, I've, we've, I've not shot next to her yet, but I've shot pretty close to her. We're still in the process. And again, do you, sense the, do you sense the nervousness in my voice? Not at all. We'll be fine. So I, one of the things I said was, you know, to this guy is, it's the sequencing and the pace of his training that's creating the issue, not the dog's natural in, in, instincts or retrieve. It's, and, and that is something I see it really often with most people. The root of the problem is very easy to trace back, and it's 99% of the time due to the people, not the dog. And, and particularly in this situation and a lot of people's situations, it goes back to your ambitiousness, your ambition. It's too much. You're t- I told him, I said, it sounds like you're trying to fit a year's worth of training into the first three months. There's the issue. It can't happen. The, thi- the, the thing about these dogs are they are so capable and they are such, uh, they'll, they'll never cease to amaze me. But I know one thing is for sure. You can overwhelm them really easily. And if you overwhelm them, if you overwhelm them, they're gonna break. You're gonna, you're gonna run into issues with it. So I, I told them, I said, I think you gotta just reassess the training plan, your goals, and eliminate any measurement based on a time on a timeline. Um, it, it's amazing how much smoother things go. It's amazing how much faster things go when we decide that we're not gonna measure it based on time. Things just go better, they just always do. So I thought this question that the guy, the issue that the guy was having was great. I think the message um, is a very, very uh, across the board. There's a lot of people that run into the same not necessarily the specific issues that this guy had, but the, the root of it is very similar. I do think that the, the specifics, the hold part, I did not, I am not doing a good enough job of letting you guys understand formal hold conditioning doesn't have to happen early. It can't happen early, period. But if you do a good job early preparing for hold conditioning, 
it's going to be first off a lot easier. You're going to avoid a lot of the headaches. You're going to avoid a lot of the problems, the symptoms that come up. You can avoid those if you do a nice job getting ready for it. So hold conditioning doesn't start at seven, eight, nine, ten months when you're past teething and you're potentially seeing some issues that you need to get fixed. That's not when it starts. It starts at seven or eight weeks old when you make your first little puppy retrieve. That's when hold conditioning starts. That's why we use balled up socks with puppies because their teeth get caught in the sock and they can't hardly spit it out if they want to. And that is the start of a dog understanding, bring it in and just hold on to it for a little while. We're not going to be in a hurry to steal it from them. I share it back with them. Have them give it to me, I'll give it back to you. Have them give it to me, I'll give it back to you. Give it to me, I'll give it back to you. Get this idea in the dog's mind of bring it back to him because he gives it back to me and that makes dad real happy. Start forming and preparing for hold conditioning from day one, not on day one when you elevate the dog and get them off their feet. So it's a, that's a, you know, the emphasis again today was hold conditioning. It was specific to this guy's question. It was a great question. It was a great um, volleying of emails back and forth because he asked the question and then I had to ask more questions to get, to give him a good enough answer. And the second email that I got from him was more valuable information than the first. And that usually is the way it goes. That's why interaction is usually pretty good when it comes to um, training questions and stuff. That's why workshops, so workshops we're going to talk about real quickly before we end. That's why workshops are valuable because when, when it's in the, when I'm there and they're there, we get what, we get natural conversation going back and forth. We get, I get questions answered because I get to see the dogs themselves and we, it makes, it becomes very clear to me very quickly different things that are going on. That's really, really valuable and important in getting good, thorough answers. Now, we've got workshops coming up. I just sent an email out to our Next Steps uh, attendees. We do have room in every workshop yet. We're over half full in all of them. Um, we have one scheduled for April 18th. That's the Next Steps workshop. That one is not open to anyone. That's open to people that have gone to a foundation workshop. So there's a prerequisite with it. So I sent an email out to the folks that are signed up for it. And we're going to be, I think, real close to the idea from a dates standpoint to being able to fit that one in. We're, it's fluid and we're just gonna kind of roll with it from a, a COVID, what is it, COVID-19? From a COVID-19 standpoint, we're just gonna kind of roll with it and see what the recommendations are. And if the recommendations are to not host it at that time, we're not gonna do it. We'll either reschedule it or we'll move those folks into a foundation workshop if they choose to do that. So we've got some fluidity there as we do in just about everything that's going on in society right now. But we have a May 8th, 9th, and 10th workshop, and we have a June 5th, 6th, and 7th workshop. And my gut tells me that we those are going to be not an issue from a date standpoint. I, I don't plan on having to move those. Now, if we do, we do, and we will, but I don't think we're going to have to. But in the meantime, so what we've decided to do is between now and April 18th, that's a month away, uh, there's a lot of people that are going to be uh, practicing social distancing. We're going to be not going to group things. We're going to, it's a great time to spend some time with your dog. Um, I don't think there's, I think it's a perfect time to get some good training in. If we look at it that way, you can look at it as an opportunity. 
Um, I think it depends on how your attitude is with all this stuff that's going on out there. I'm, I'm holding on to Lillian. She fell asleep in my arms here. Um, some people would say, uh, this is something I borrow from a, my son's old basketball coach. He told us about, it's all about your attitude. It was, this was during a parents meeting. And he said, you know, we're going to focus on our attitudes this season. And, and, you know, he was talking about the kids more than anything, but the parents involved as well. And one of the things that the coach said was, you know, he heard a, a mother, a mom that was, had young one, had little baby, had kids. And in conversation, she was talking with another person that he knew. And the mom said something about, Oh God, I got it. I got to go change the baby. And the late, and, and she was frustrated, you know, the, she was frustrated and I get it. I get frustrations of being a parent and being busy and all that stuff, but she's, she was frustrated and she, Oh, I have to go change the baby. And the mom, the, the woman that she was talking to started crying and uh, Lacey, what's wrong? And she said, y- you, you have to go change the baby. I'd do anything to go change the baby. And she said, what do you mean? And she said, the lady said, I can't have a kid and I really want one. And my husband and I are going through this problem where we can't, we can't have a baby. And so the attitude of the mom that had the baby was, I have to go change the baby. It was a burden. It was a pain in her neck. The other lady says, I'd do anything to do it. It's just your, it's the same exact scenario. It's changing a baby's diaper. It's just the attitude that goes along with it. One person's attitude because of the things in their life where I really wish I could do that. One's was I'm tired of it and don't want to do it right now and it's a pain. I look at dog training as it's your, well, I look at life right now, especially how, what is your attitude like about what's going on? If you have to do this and you have to do that, you, you, you have to stay away from people. How about I get to stay away from people? How about I get to go out and spend time outside with, in nature? That's a real positive thing. To me, I think it's a blessing. It's a gift. We, have the, we can do it. I mean, man, we are lucky. But you can look at it as, oh my God, I can't go to... I can't go to the basketball tournament this weekend. Like I, it's one of the things that I, state basketball tournament is something I look forward to with my dad and my son. We go to it every year. I really look forward to it. It got canceled this year. So I can't go to it. And so I could look at it as, man, I'm just, this sucks. The basketball tournament's canceled. I can't go spend that time with them. I can't go watch the basketball games. Wah, 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 wah. I could look at it that way. Or I could look at it and go, you know what? Instead, we're going to go up north and make maple syrup. And it's going to be just my family. And I'm going to spend a lot. I'm really lucky that this whole COVID thing is going on because I get to hold, I get to hold Lillian when she takes her afternoon nap instead of her being at daycare, sleeping in her cot. So dog training wise, take advantage of the next month. Take advantage of however long it is. I don't use that as an opportunity instead of a disappointment and get some work in. I mean, take, don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. Just enjoy it. Enjoy the idea of, you know what? You might have a little extra free time now. In that extra free time, you can go work with Sam or Jack or Taylor or whatever your dog's name is. Because that's what we're going to try to do. And I, so back to that is workshops. We have decided, we have, we, Ben has been working hard on a project. Um, we have recorded 
seven workshops over the last four years, I think. Uh, like had cameras there, recorded a lot of the workshop. And so what we we used it for some of our DVDs. Uh, we used it as supplementary footage in some of our training DVDs, Foundation, Puppy, and Shed DVD. And now what we've done is we took all the other footage that we didn't use in those DVDs because the workshops cover a lot more than just what those DVDs were. And so what we've done is we've taken a lot of that, we've taken that footage, raw footage from workshops, Ben has edited it and broken it down into chapters, which are basically um, a, a talking point. So it could be, some of it could be, one of them was place training we yeah. did with the dog. Heel work. Heel work, several of them are on heel Just work. Just an important concept. Any, or... Anywhere in our outline of our workshop, which our outline is big, eight pages, something like that. There's bullet points and big chunks that we work on. And so what we've done is we've taken those chunks, we've taken the video footage from it, and we've created a series. And it gives you an inside look at a workshop. And it's literally very candid and very raw with it's an actual workshop that took place. We don't we don't go to the cameras, we don't work to the cameras, the cameras just followed us around. And so I think it's really a, a maybe some of the best information we're gonna be able to provide. And so we talked about what are we gonna do with it? We talked about creating another like video series and offering it digitally, similar to our training DVDs. We thought about selling it as like a, a package, a series package. And now we've started, we've thought about it. And we said, you know what? There's a lot of people right now that are looking for training information because they have opportunities to do some training. And so we have decided we're not gonna sell it. Um, we're going to put it on YouTube and we're going to put it on Facebook and we're going to give it to people that it will hopefully benefit. And so it's just, we've made this decision. We've got one of them done. We've got six more that Ben are work, Ben starting to work on. Um, uh, but we're going to start trickling those out and we're going to do that this week. Um, it's going to be called, what is it called? Inside, inside the dog bone workshop. Inside the dog bone workshop. We're going to play the full videos on Facebook. We're going to play the full post, the full videos on a playlist on our YouTube channel. So I do encourage you to follow us if you're on Facebook. Um, you're going to be able to get the information there. If you're not on Facebook, which I know a lot of people aren't on Facebook, if you're not on Facebook, YouTube, and the best thing to do, I think, when you get there, and I just saw it the other day because I was posting a Bella Be Good, they now have a little, unless Ben maybe no, added I, it in. I added that. Ben added it in. In the bottom right-hand corner of the video, there is a little YouTube play button that says subscribe. And you simply click on that and you're gonna to subscribe to the channel. And when you subscribe to the channel, you're gonna get notifications as long as you turn, you gotta turn the notifications on. Yep. There's a little bell there. You turn your notifications on and you're gonna get notified when a new episode is posted. And so Bella Be Goods, you will get notifications on. Inside the workshops, when you, you'll get notifications when they go new. So. Um, it's something that we're hoping helps. Uh, you know, there's, it's a weird time right now. People are, you know, it's, I think it's time to be really nice to people. I think when we're in a spot that we are in right now as a country, some of the easiest things that we can do to make it better and more enjoyable is just to be good to people. Be nice to your neighbor. Uh, be, do, do something good, positive impact the people around you positively. This is one way that we talked about. We said, you know what? This should help people. This should be a positive for people and we're not going to sell it. We, we talked about it and we just said, let's just, let's give it, let's give it to people to use with the hopes of them benefiting from it. So that's what we're going to do. 
It's going to start real soon inside the workshop, inside the Dog Moon workshop, and we'll start posting those um, this week. And today is already Tuesday. Tuesday. So it's going to go this week. Now, we recorded a podcast yesterday. Ben is loading it. Um, that was episode 59. It's another thing. We're probably going to get more podcasts done in the next couple of weeks because uh, I can't get outside all the time when I'm babysitting. But I can hold a baby in my arm and let her sleep and we can do a podcast that way. So again, this one got a little bit longer. This one was interrupted with some crying babies and nap times and whatever. But Ben's going to edit as, most, as much of that out as possible. Um, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. I think the podcasts, again, are, are things that, you know, some people have a little extra time now. And maybe listening to these um, is going to bring some value as well. It's another opportunity for us to hopefully help. If you know someone who you think these podcasts would help i would ask that you would share it with them i would ask that you would send them a text message with a link to it or uh message them on one of your social platforms or whatever it is share it don't be if you'd be willing to share it on your share it on your social media page if you think this is something that helps people if you'd share it we we put promos up on our facebook we put promos up on our instagram and i don't think we do anything with these on youtube yet but we're talking about it We're, we're thinking about migrating these to YouTube as well. Probably will pretty quick. Um, we do record most of them. Uh, we just use that primarily for a promo, but uh, we might start putting them up as kind of a video blog um, on our YouTube channel as well. So that's it for now. Thank you guys for the support. Stay safe, uh, all that stuff. But keep in mind, it's a lot about your attitude. Um, and I think we can impact things around us in a very positive way if we choose to, or we can feed into the negativity and it's a choice that you have to make and I have to make it. And, and, and sometimes it is work to make the right decision, but I think we got to do it. So take care, everybody. We'll be back with more podcasts.